So have you got your water and you're ready then, mate? I'm ready. I've had a good swish around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You all right? about fresh mail for a couple of hours on podcast 44 that is spanning the 21st to the 27th of september 2020 and we've just had new rating figures in haven't we and uh, we can confirm that we have had 255,432 streams of this podcast since last week wow that's that's incredible numbers that isn't it it's incredible <laughs> incredible numbers Almost fantasy numbers they are, mate. Fantastical. Fantastical numbers. <laughs> Shall we thank the people for listening? All, all, every single one of those two hundred and fifty thousand people that streamed. Shall we? Uh, Shall we thank them now? In a in a twist in a twist of what we usually do. There was a Smith and Jones. A total diversion now, but there was a Smith and Jones sketch one time, and I'm not big on t- in comedy, but I do remember this, and I think it was Mastermind, and Mel Smith was sitting there, and um, he was being asked the questions. It was a cowboy film, and he said, "Oh, um, what's the name of that film? Yes, it's that film." And um, you know how many people were in it? Oh, I don't know, so many. Can you name them all? <laughs> <laughs> He started reeling off all these people that were in this cowboy Indian film, which was, uh, <laughs> yeah, just one of them. It's stuck in my mind, really. You saying there, let's thank every, all, each of those 252,000 people that have listened since last week. But, um, yeah, it might be tricky. But uh, we, we will do a general thank you. So thank you for everyone for giving us um, a couple of hours of your precious uh, listening time. And it is precious, isn't it? It is, because we got a massive list of as we'll go through later, a massive list of albums or songs that people have been listening to. And then to squeeze in two hours worth of um, me and you rambling on, it's, it's really, um, yeah. really humbling. And, and thank you to everyone. However, we are kind of just summarizing everything that's going on in the group. So it is a kind of, a, a kind of public service or, or an educational thing that we're doing as well as, um, you know, a bit of a laugh and, and getting some mentions in there for some fantastic members that, Keep the club running. Definitely. All about the members, so thank you very much. Shall we do a running order? Let's do it. Uh, we're going to have a reaction to podcast uh, 43. We've got a UK top 10 thrash album chart. We've got a load of tattoos that we're going to look at. We've got a couple of hit missile maybes. We've got three sort of honorary mentions. We've got a T90 from a relatively new member, which is fantastic. We've got a massive thrash of the Titans round to get through, and then we've got loads of what we've been listening to. Again, and we're going to get it under two hours. We're going to get it under two hours. It's got to be under two hours. So let's get straight in to the uh, – I haven't set this up. Let's do it. Right. Oh, let's go back. So thank you again to everyone that's listened and commented definitely. Reaction to Podcast 43. Our old mate, Paul Hutchings, under two hours again. This is becoming a habit. Seriously good fun this week with Igor, review read by Robbie, with an even tone, the highlight. Certainly an acquired taste. Thanks for the kind words about the review of Heaven. Hopefully my interview with Cragen was interesting for folks too. I agree with Robbie about people talking during bands. 
boils my piss. The bloke behind Mrs. H and me at Fleetwood Mac at the O2 a few years ago spent 20 minutes talking about Spurs' back four, for fuck's sake. Well, there's a few things to pick out from there. Thank you, Paul, again, for your continued input. But these Spurs back four, 20 minutes talking about that? Didn't someone pick up on that? Yeah, I said Jose Marino doesn't spend 20 minutes talking about his back four. <laughs> the fella behind you at Fleetwood Mac. And the Igor review, Igor review. Igor. Um, was, in my defence, I was just trying to make sure that I was able to get across the the use of the language that you used <laughs> in your review, and I didn't want to mess it up. That's why I did it one tone. Also, I wanted to make sure that the punctuation and language police, you know, picked on me as well. Because, oh, you know, okay. you do get a bit of a bum deal. Get a bit, I'll get a bit of stick. It's not, it's not, un, you know, it, it, it's it's warranted though. So it's not a problem. I, I take it on the, on the chin. But one thing I did, you, because you've obviously not seen Silence of the Lambs, have you? See, that was the reference in there that you thought you could do the Buffalo Bill. It said, he puts the lotion in the basket, otherwise it gets the hose again. Put the lotion in the fucking basket. That, that's how you should have said it. Yeah, well, like, yeah, I should have done. I should have left it to you, really. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Gum. He's a he's a folk hero in my, in my house, mate. I love Jamie Gum. Uh, yeah, but he kind of raised a pool racer important point there people talking at gigs it's just one of those kind of pet hates that many people have isn't it that people waffling on thinking that they're the most important thing when actually they've paid to go and see a band as well and they seem to talk all the way through it it's yeah boils my piss as well yeah i can understand being i assume yes it was the o2 so fleetwood mac whacking great place like the o2 is not going to be the. It's not the loudest venue either, and, and Fleetwood Mac aren't the loudest band, are they? So I reckon everyone was sat down, and that does induce talking. Whereas if you're at a Motorhead gig, it doesn't matter if you talk to someone; you can't fucking hear them anyway. That's if they're screaming in your ear roll when you're standing right next to them. So you know it's it's Fleetwood Mac's fault. Let's blame Mick Fleetwood and um, uh, Stevie Nicks. Okay. Are they still even in the band? I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know what Fleetwood Mac are doing now, no. So I couldn't tell you. There'll be people out there that do know, and um, maybe Mick Fleetwood and um, Christy McVie and all those concerned. Lindsay Buckingham, he was in them as well. But, yeah, we really that, – that'll be the first point of call now, won't it? You really should know your Fleetwood Mac. I should know Fleetwood my Fleetwood Mac. We yeah. should do, and we apologise. So we don't need picking up on this because, yeah, we will go away and learn on Fleetwood Macs. Uh, I can categorically say I am you not going be. to. No, I'm not going to. You don't like a bit of Fleetwood Mac? No, crap. Oh, they will, they will be picking us up on this. <laughs> Tim Finch, uh, but music is different. How many people we actually pay good money to stream a gig at home if you can get a gig ticket? Personally, if it was Metallica and a small club show, I would pay one or two, maybe even three pounds at a push to watch the stream because I couldn't get a ticket. But these 10, 15 pound prices for streams can fuck right off once lockdown is over. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, isn't it, even when it um, it does move on. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money people are being asked to pay over, isn't it? And Tim rightly mm. says that 10 and £15, pounds, they can, you know, do one. Yeah. I, I, but, 
I don't think I'd pay 10 or 15 pounds even in lockdown for a band that I really no. like, to be honest with you. No, and that was the thing with the Voivod one. That, that was that was a hell of a lot. That was about 15 quid as well. Mm. But he, he, here's the thing, right? Okay, one, two pound, three at a push. Tim's, Tim's put the uh, put his um, his colours to the mask, which is great. I love it when people do that. For Metallica in a small club gig, which you know, if you're unless you're knee deep in the fan club, is um, is a no goer. Here's a pitch: when Slayer played their last ever show at uh, it was in LA, wasn't it? The Forum. I don't know how many people that holds, but it, I believe it was sold out so much so they had to add another date. If Slayer said, look, it's completely sold out, we're going to charge whatever, $10, $10, and you can stream it and you can watch our very special last ever gig, I'm buying that. What about you? I probably would have done as well, mm. but you know that it wasn't the last that's the thing you know it's not going to be the last was it as it happened and um no the slow one was wasn't it yeah i know yes as as they are now yes with tom Araya's last show essentially yeah, i suppose yeah. is what we're saying I, I think i would something like that yeah but it would have to be a fairly monumental thing like yeah. that and there hasn't been that many monumental uh, events in metal fairly no. recently as the last slayer show i mean you had the big four kind of event didn't you mm. and um um, obviously Fleetwood Mac at the O2 and, mm. um, you know, uh, other gigs <laughs> I can't think of at the moment. I'd, I'd pay two or three pounds to talk through that. Fairly monumental gig, wouldn't it, for you to... Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking... Put hand in the pocket. Yeah, I'm just thinking, uh, oh, God, I, I don't know, you know, we're mo- I'd be obviously a big Motorhead fan and right a couple of tours before the end, as Crusher mentioned on his uh, on his interview with Howard H. Smith on one of the Talking Bollocks, um, Wurzel came back and played some some guitar and I saw Fast Eddie Clark play some stuff. So if if Motorhead was saying, look, we're streaming this gig at Hammersmith Odeon and we're gonna have, as was then, the classic lineup come back, gig would sell out, that's for sure. And they would go, right, well we'll, we'll stream some of it. It's only a one off. It's a one off kind of event. You know, would you put who would put their hand in their pocket? I think I would. And if there was sort of like a special event of a band that was kind of like a one-off that you read about in a in a in a magazine, you go, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I saw them on that tour, and then the following night they'd done this special super duper one-off. You would possibly go and pay to see that stream, or and I think I probably would if it was something special and I was interested in it. I think you're right. Mm. Uh, I think you would. So, you don't have to sell it to me. I'm sold. Sold. There you go. Ten pound, mate. Um, Gareth Pugh, thanks for listening, mate. I've just got to the Wagner part. I'm pissing myself. Comedy Gold, the famous composer of Ride of the Valkyries. He's probably turning in his grave being compared to that twat from X Factor. I'm just imagining Inspector Moore solving cases to him. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we, we we weren't quite sure which Wagner they were talking about, were we? No. No. Who was it who'd been listening to it? One of the members, probably Rich Tricky Hudson, I think, had been listening to it, or someone. Yeah. Someone with a bit of an eclectic mix. And, um, yeah, we weren't sure who they were talking about, and you thought it might have been that twat from X Factor. Yeah, he's the first as one. It turns out, as it turns out, it was the classical one, I think. It was the classical one. And I just want to give a special shout to Andrew Matthews, uh, he of Speed Reading, actually, because... I said, uh, well, you know, I'm a culture vulture, mate. Classic music, musicals, I love it all. You know, as 
as as everyone knows that I do. But I actually spelt vulture wrong and put Volta. <laughs> so I was a culture Volta. Did you get picked up on it? Andrew saw I said, Carl, that's Volta. That's jumping over things, mate. Don't you mean Volta? <laughs> so I corrected it and thanked him. <laughs> Always good to have the, the eagle eyes out there. Yes, that's good. Um, Kevin Anderson, uh, Adamson, um, Mr. Score... Mr. Scoreman, that doesn't sound right. We need to... Mr. Scorer, scores on the doors. More cheese jokes, please. Already decided Forbidden Omega Wave is my top three for 2010 before I even see the full list. It's that good. Your chat about folk not watching support bands was interesting. One thing that I find annoying is support bands who either leave a venue as soon as they have played or have no interest in watching any other bands playing a bill despite band members watching and supporting them. I know they're not obliged, but it's ignorant uh, uh, when you see their peers busting their nuts off and they're sitting at the back of the room staring into their phones. Maybe it's just me, but if they're not interested, they should be there. They shouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah, you always hear about musicians. Thank you, Kevin. You always hear about musicians, you know, talking about you know, playing to big rooms, small rooms, where, where the crowds are. And, you know, this, this issue here about um, um, people talking at shows and that's where it came from, wasn't it? Mm. It was just about at gigs, you know, um, people's bugbears and that kind of thing. And um, the support bands, people not watching them. But exactly like Kevin said there, and I'm just going to repeat what he said, bands always say about it, don't they? But like Kevin said, they're the ones that uh, you do see them. You, you see them from time to time that you go to a gig and there's loads in the room when they're playing, but as soon as they finish, their mum, their dad, their brother, their sister, their friends, they all bugger off. You know, mm. Whether they've got to get home early, I don't know, or whatever, but they're all in the same boat together, aren't they? They're all there to play a show. Mm. Mm. And you did ponder, well, well, what's better, playing to a, a room of 50 people or playing to the room of 10 people? Well, mm. obviously it's 50 people, but, you know, if they, if, if you're not going to stand there and give your support in some ways, we don't want, you know... Yeah. Exactly. You don't want them there because let them go out and talk outside or, or wherever they've gone. But yeah, it's, I totally agree with you, Kev. It's one of them things, but why is it sometimes after a band are finished, maybe, I'm not a musician, maybe there's that high and you just don't want to suddenly, you know, oh, well, let's just go and stand there for half an hour and just watch another band. You know, if you play the, sh the set of your lives or, or you know, you, you you need that come down. You, you need mm. to just sit down and, and have a beer in the backstage area or the groom room, the dressing room, whatever it is. You, you might just need to have that chill time or you might just want to go and have a cigarette outside and chat to the bass player, the, the guitarist, the drum. Do you know what I mean? You mm. might not want to suddenly always just go around and stand in the front of the stage. I don't know, but maybe there is a reason for it. Maybe you've got to get all your gear packed up and then mm. there's all host of reasons, but you'd expect bands to maybe be a bit more in it together. Yeah. I think I've told this story before, but I remember very, very clearly. I went down to my local pub on a Sunday night, and um, a guy who's a bit of a, a bit of a folk legend, you know, a bit of a legend, ran. He's, he he uh, put a open mic night on down at this boozer that I used to go to. So, not that I, I initially went to go and see it, but it was on, and you and I was watching it, and it was a lot of lot of crap. You know, it wasn't metal at all, really. It was a lot of folky stuff and everything. And he would always, he basically had like a machine and it was an acoustic. You could bring your guitar down, you could put your name down and then you'd say, right, come up, you know, have a, have a, have a jam or whatever. 
and there's this one guy came in. He had his, his acoustic guitar, and he obviously had a, a few people coming to watch him. And he he was half decent, you know. He played like Bruce Springsteen and and then done some of his own stuff, which was not really my thing. But I remember right at the end, he got sort of you know quite a bit of an applause for a Sunday night, and um, he made this sort of impassioned speech as if he was at Long Beach Arena. Keep fucking live music alive man this is what it's about i think he was a hippie this is what it's about man real honest to god blood sweat and tears this gentleman over here has been doing it for years i'll support him to the day i die and so should you keep live music alive keep watching it and with that he literally picked up his guitar and walked straight out of the pub left Oh, yeah. oh, you're keeping it alive then by fucking off yeah. while there's a few other people wanting to play you twat you know fucking dickhead so uh, but I think he was a hippie you know he had one of them silly kind of berets on and I think he probably went you know to get a coffee and down and get a patisserie or something you know what I mean fucking wanker Kev, I apologise. There's no more cheese jokes. I've retired all the cheese jokes. But I think if you're gonna if you're gonna go out, go out on a high. And that cheese joke that I delivered, that was as high as you're gonna get. So I'm not gonna lower myself and do any more cheese jokes. Yeah, that cheese joke was the speak English or die of cheese jokes, wasn't it? It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was good when it lasted, but you know, it's it's now gone. <laughs> I've posted that today and they're starting to trickle through nicely. I think yeah. people are, um, and thanks to John Wig for posting an alternative list because I know we've had um, a few people say that the wiki one isn't as thorough and they're absolutely right. It's not. I couldn't think of one, but John came up with a bit of a solution. So we'd give that a go. Good stuff. Is that the Metal Archives one? It is the Metal Archives. I couldn't yeah. find it. I know he posted it. I just couldn't find it. So I asked him to, to post it, and he very kindly did in the comments. So if you want a better list than the one that's actually on the post, have a look at John uh, Wiggs um, comment and just click on that, and you can play around with the uh, with the settings and the filters and see what you can get. Good. Right. Shall we go on? And you're going to talk about Neil Bolton's Thrash UK Top 10. Oh, I am indeed. It's the, the the cream of the crop when it comes to UK Thrash. And uh, we've probably featured about four or five of these as a feature now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a few more done by people that have added them in the comments, but we're keeping it as a feature. And Neil has submitted his Top 10, which uh, Scoremaster himself, Kevin Adamson, is keeping the scores. Thank so, you. we run down in reverse order. So, at number 10, we've got Savage Messiah and the Faithful Dark. Mm. Then, from earlier on this year, Darby's Devastator, Baptised in Blasphemy. Great that that's made it in there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You think of all the, all the great albums that there are out there, that are a modern-day thrash. I mean, Savage Messiah, that's what, probably five or six years old, mm. so that's good that that's in there but yeah baptizing blasphemy only came out earlier this year a few months ago actually so that's fantastic that's in there new band as well brilliant lomo death oh crikey Ooh, crikey yeah uh and i think a lot of that on there it's, it's decent decent thrash metal mm, mm. Really, almost you know, crossover in places and yeah. kind of it goes everywhere here there and everywhere and there's obviously the joke stuff as well yeah, when you get past the joke stuff, there's some decent music in there. But that's part of the appeal with Lawnmo Death, isn't it? It's, it's the, mm. the, the kind of, you've got the comedy, but you've also got the decent, decent trash. 
I see. I don't know whether they've rescheduled it, but they their Christmas show has been doing the rounds um, and the advert for it has been doing the rounds on Facebook again. But it's in twenty twenty December twenty twenty one. Yeah, they've uh, rescheduled it, haven't they? Mm. Obviously, a year later. Is it? That's what they've just done. They've just put it back a year, have they? Yeah, it's in yeah. the. I think it's hybrid garage. It is, they, yeah. They, they were, yeah, hybrid garage. So. Pat Dreamweaver, number mm. six, number seven. Number seven. seven for Dreamweaver. Fear not, there might be another Sabbat one in there. There normally is. Mm. Acid Rain Moshkinstein, number six. And then we got another Acid Rain, Age of Entitlement, at number five. A double whammy of Acid Rain, at the first and the latest. Book ended nicely. And then we got Zentrix, Shattered Existent, previous thrash album of the fortnight. And Hall of Famer. And then another thrash album of the fortnight, we've got Evil, Enter the Grave. Which we, I, we haven't, Neil Bolton has. Neil Bolton has, which is in the sub-seven, and I know Neil was where he told us about it, didn't he, when he came on and spoke to us? Devastated. Incandescent with rage and fury. And rain in fury. Death Beam by Shepherd at number two. Again, a band that we featured in the Omnium, very nearly mm-hmm. made it to the album of the fortnight yeah, however we have got a cheeky little I say cheeky mate. people when they say cheeky we have got a fate a feature coming up soon that might very well feature rain of fury cool might whet the appetite of all us rain of fury virgins and then at number one again another top billing for sabbath history of a time to come absolutely there you go you've got two acid rain in there you've got two sabbath brilliant and, and new, old, it's a great top ten. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a good top ten. So Kevin Adamson, he says, here's the up-to-date scores for the albums. We are now up to 39 albums with Sabat taking the two, stop, two top spots by quite some considerable margin. Still no sign of Morning Has Broken making any appearance yet, though. And uh, well, I was going to say, and nor shall it. Who knows? Someone might be really digging it, but no one's really. Whenever we talk about Sabbath, get a few mentions, don't they? You're here, there, and everywhere, and no one ever pops up their head and goes, oh, "Yeah, I've given that morning as broken a go, and it's all right." I mean, I gave it a listen to, I think last year, and I, I didn't rate it, so, and I'm surprised no one has. But then again, if it's a terrible album, it's a terrible album. Don't know. Someone might Tell like me. it. Go on, are you still waffling on about Morning Is Broken? No, I think, I, no Morning Is Broken has broken for me. Great list, great list, John Wick says. Still trying to get mine down to 10. Between 3 and 7 will be on mine too. Oh, okay. So, And I, I said to John that he's up next. So he's got to get it. He's got a literally a week, seven days to get that list whittled down. And if it's anything like Neil's, Neil lost genuine sleep over it. He did, didn't he? I felt almost felt bad for him. I said almost. Kevin Adamson, and for the bands, we're up to 25 with the mighty Lawmower Death, Devastator and Savage Messiah all making their first appearance. The domination of the UK Big Four continues unabated, though with Sabbath, Acid Rain, Zentrix and Onslaught continuing to lead the pack by a huge margin. Cast a big shadow on the UK, and yeah, I would put all four of those for people who don't know anything about UK trash would be check out, I would say anything, but not morning is broken by, uh, by Sabbath, but pretty much everything else by all the other bands. Yeah. And 
throw in some slammer, some reanimator. There's there's loads to get into, isn't there? And I know mm-hmm. we have some people over in the states that have taken taken on listening to uh, a few UK thrash thrash albums as a result of not just this feature, but from being in the club. And that's mm-hmm. fantastic that they picked up some uh, new thrash that is modern, but also some of the older stuff that's uh, that was around before when it didn't get the didn't get the credit that it was getting be- mm-hmm. that it should have got because the obviously the the US were and Germany were so far ahead in terms of popularity and being pushed and being accepted. Mm. And that's not a that's not a sly on America or or Germany. It's just how backwards it's, it's, I think the British press were at the time and how much little faith they had in this particular style of music. So, and all they would say would be, "Well, thrash, that's American." Well, yes, it is American, but when America when England gave rock and roll or metal to America, America didn't go, well, that's British. We're not going to push that. They pushed everything. You know, why couldn't the British press do that as well? They decided not to. And shame on them. Shame, shame, shame. If, if it was a Game of Thrones scene, they'd be walking, the British UK metal press would be walking through the streets naked as the day they were born through King's Landing while I'm throwing piss shit and spunk them. <laughs> that's how oh. riled I am but there you go it's... listening to Morning is Broken <laughs> yeah whilst listening to Morning is Broken yeah oh, that's bad. <laughs> I don't mind that anyway um, yeah so thank you thank you Neil for that top 10 and for Kevin for dutifully manning up the scores and yes. adding up the scores really really appreciate that so, we had a bit of an unusual post uh, this week, mate. We did, yeah. Yeah, we had um, uh, Dean Bailey. He he messaged me ages ago because he got a new Slayer tattoo at the time um, and he was rather proud of it and so he should be because it's a nice bit of art on his, uh, on his uh, sort of forearm, I suppose. And, um, uh, and he, he sort of was just interested to know if anyone else has got any other thrash-related tattoos on their their skin. So um, I kept it for a little while because it just didn't seem appropriate to post, but this week seemed to be appropriate to post, so we did. And very impressive rogues gallery of of tattoo and art we have to go through. There was quite a few, wasn't there? Yeah. Should we, should we flip-flop like we do the... Um, like we do the uh, the what are we listening to. So if I do the first one, yeah, and then we can both get some um, some names wrong and, and words wrong, and then we both be even. Definitely. So um, thank you to Rob Davies, whose whose body is 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 not so much tattooed, more like your dream um, festival build poster with all the kind of bands he's got on him. It's it's quite cool. Um, but I picked out one, and I thought it would be best. To, it'd be great to start with this one. Last time. So this is Rob Davies. Last time I went was a few weeks ago. Uh, and when I booked, I was fully intending to have a bit of Ed Repker art from Peace Cells. But Riley Gale died the day before. So, and he's got an absolutely magnificent portrait of uh, Riley Gale. So much so that you can even pick out in perfect detail the obituary T-shirt he's got wearing. It's fantastic. Yeah, crisp, clear, uh, very, you know, it is a piece of art, isn't it? It's so- wonderful. That is fantastic. Uh, Slayer are always going to feature highly on this. And Tom Riley, he's got the Slayer Eagle and um, logo on his on his knee. On his knee. 
Now, I, I've got one tattoo on the very safe place on my shoulder, relatively, but even I know that's got a fucking smart air in it. You think that would? Yeah, I, I think that's... Uh, that would, yeah, that would hurt. But it look, I, I think I said to him, I said, that not many people get it done there, mate. And he goes, yeah, there's a reason why or something yeah. like that. Oh, that's awesome, though. I mean, they all do, don't they? So, they do, uh, yeah. Um, and Neil Bolton's got Metallica Puss Head. Or Puss Head. Yeah, and that, that looks like it's on the back of the shoulder. It does. It? Um, it's kind of like the shoulder blade at the top of the back. But no, it's nice. It's, a, again, a pretty cool picture. That's got some nice shading on there, isn't it? Yeah, as it eases over to the, the top mm, of the back. Very good, very good. And then Pete, Pete D, he's got some fantastic coloured um, mm. work going on. He's got some um, uh, Voivod, um, main Voivod bit on my upper arm. Mm, that looks fantastic. Yeah, so that's that is Dimension Hatros mm-hmm. on on his uh, left arm by the looks of thing, and then he's got more um, he's got uh, more Voivod. He's got the Nothing Face mm-hmm. um, logo. He's got um, what's he got there? The the Doctor Who Tardis. Yeah, picture of, is it? Uh, uh, who's that Doctor Who? I'm not a Doctor Who person. I'm not massive Doctor Who, but I do recognise as one of the early. It's Peter, you know, it's, it's it's a Doctor Who anyway. It's the Who. Yeah, from the seventies. Uh, yeah. But they're, lovely, they're fantastic, vibrant colours, aren't they? You know, if you're going to do it, he's really done it, and they really do look cool. Yeah, the colours are fantastic. It's in Neubauten, the, there's a little symbol there just by the Voivod. Oh, okay. Possibly, but yeah, it's, um, you know, if you're going to get a tattoo, get a tattoo. Yeah, uh, that, no, that's fantastic. I, just, I say the colours are absolutely fantastic. Really uh, fresh as daisy, brilliant. Uh, Matthew C. G. Green, my only tattoo. Lost its sharpness over the years. Not my favourite ear of the band, but makes a good symmetrical design. Looking to get the Exodus logo across my shoulders at some point. But that's the Metallica, all the interlinked M's. And I quite like that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. No, it looks cool. And that's the big question that I asked Matthew was, what when you're going to get the Exodus logo across the shoulders, what colours do you go for? Do you go for the red and white? Do you go for the... You know the bonded by blood, red and white, the the green and the is it the green and purple, all from Fabulous Disaster. Um, mm. You've got the kind of yellow and blue from Blood in Blood Out. There's a few Exodus. They do have a range of colours, don't they? Mm. Well, if Matthew can't decide and he doesn't know, no, he did decide. I oh, just okay. Oh, I was going to say we could have a flash pole on it for him. (laughs) (laughs) Pink and red polka dots. Oh, dear, that's brilliant. Um, uh, And we've then got Donald Squire, UK mower core. So I assume that that is lawnmower death, and it looks like a crazed clown. And again, the colours are fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, so I think that must be from the the fabulous Metal Bozo Clowns, that one. Yeah, okay. Because, um, yeah, that, that, that was their album, and that, I think, was the clown that featured on somewhere on that album. Certainly looking below the clown there, it looks like it was um, from that album, and the colours look like that. So. Cool. And then Paul Russell, he's got... Um, that's Lawn Mower Death as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, that's from... Ooh, crikey, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Very nice, very nice. Nice and simple, but very effective. It's good. Uh, and also Donald Squire's got my first tattoo. Is that like a, a Slayer one, double-headed eagle, isn't it? Donald Squire. Uh... Oh, yeah. Mm. I can't quite 
tell what that is, to be honest, mate. It's definitely Slayer, but I, I couldn't tell what the where the logo's from. It must be an early Slayer, mm. or whether it's a... Bit of freeform and just got the Slayer thing in the middle. Very yeah. nice, then. Yeah, good. John Brack, he's, he's got a very... Uh, he's got Slayer on his forearm there, isn't he? Yeah, and that's... What album was that where the guy actually carved Slayer with a razor blade into his arm and took a photograph of it, and it was blood pissing out all over the place, and it got onto an album cover? Well, obviously, John's got that as a tattoo, which is a great idea. And then the next one... Yeah, yes. It's, a great, it's, a, it's very lifelike. <laughs> I mean, it looks at first, I think, well, yeah. it's very possible that it could be a... Um, a personalised uh, tattoo, but it does look very lifelike to the cover. Definitely. And then we got Andy Dixon. Do you want me to do this one? It's your, it's your band. It's my band. Uh, back in the 80s, this used to say Motorhead Overkill. Mind you, even back then, it looked like Motor... Was it Motorpede? So, um, but, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, tattoos, they, they, they kind of... Um, not fade, but they kind of go a little bit misshapen and not as fresh as you had. But I think that just shows mileage. Do you know what I mean? It's like when you've got, I've got a battered old motorhead t-shirt that an ex-girlfriend found on the marquee floor. I fucking love it. You know, I could get a fresh, crisp, clean one, but I don't want one. Whereas that, it is all like a badge of honour that, mate. Yeah. Definitely. It shows a bit of mileage and that's uh, nothing wrong with that at all. tattoo i was just looking at matthew's tattoo matthew cg green's tattoo and uh looking back it was the kind of gold outline exodus with the red fiery red bright red lettering cool. in the middle that, that, that he's gonna possibly go for so well if he's unsure and he, if he's unsure and he wants us to do a flash poll we can get the classic exodus's logos up and we'll see which one people would like to have tattooed across him <laughs> Right, you, are you doing a couple of, for Lee Shep? Yeah, Lee Shep. He did the cover of Manx Speed Demons, Aggressive aggressive Perfectors, Satan's Heavy Metal EP. So, yeah, they were a band that were featured, I think, in someone's T90. It might have even been Lee Shep's T90 last year. Okay. And um, he also had Executioner's demo cover. I think Executioner were also featured in his T90, a local band, uh, I think... Whether it was Executioner or Aggressive Perfector, I think it was Executioner that um, uh, they played the last gig uh, after losing their, possibly losing their front man or their oh, bassist. Okay. We might be talking utter nonsense there, but yeah, I don't think, I don't know if they're still going, but it's a pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty grim tattoo as well. Grim in the sense of, uh, you know, the images. Yeah. Portraying. So it's a, again, it's quite a simple image, but it's yeah. really effective. I like that. Yeah, that's good. And uh, get back to us, Lee, on what's happening with the executioners or what did happen. So um, that's great. And then we've got Paul Twig. These are fantastic. My two piece cell pieces, and they look absolutely fantastic, don't they? Again, looking at the detail there, it's a bit like Rob Davies with yeah. the Riley Gale portrait they really i mean it just shows these tattooists you know how and why they can justify paying uh, charging so much money because you're looking at that and you just think the detail that they going into yeah yeah it's fantastic that is brilliant yeah and they you know album covers they are works of art aren't they so they should be adorned on on walls and and and, and skin nowadays you know what i mean so i think um and they've got a bit of uniqueness as well so 
long may this continue. I think you've got to be. You, you've, Paul Twig, obviously, he's a big Meta, uh, Megadeth fan there, mm. absolute big Megadeth fan. But you, you go, I, I haven't got any tattoos. If I did get one, I'd need to make sure that the band I like or whatever it is is something. Obviously, it's something for life, isn't it? But yeah. It was. <laughs> do you remember when um, there was a Geordie? A football fan who got Andy Cole <laughs> tattooed on the whole of the top of his leg from his knee up to his the, the, almost to his pelvis a big kind of portrait of Andy Cole in a Newcastle United strip yeah and then I think the day later he was sold to United <laughs> oh god well it's a good job he didn't get sold to Sunderland that's what I can well, say yeah he moved on to whatever club Andy Cole went on to after <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. yeah, and you've got to be careful. I've got a, um, I've got a very small one. It's about the size of a golf ball, and it's just the Rebel Alliance from Star Wars emblem on my, uh, on my right shoulder. And at the time, cult sci-fi film. Now, Disney. So you've got to be careful what you wish for. Yeah, but it's all part of your past, isn't it? It's like, um, it's like, you know, my leather jacket. It's got wolf stain on the bottom. Would I get that blazoned out? No, um, no, I wouldn't because it's part of. Part of, you know the past and that uh, you know it's all part of who you were and unless it's unless some of these tats are just yeah. <laughs> none of them really are it's, no yeah, we, yeah. It, it could have gone could have gone one way where we get some really bad ones and you, oh dear that's not good but um, luckily or rather fortunately they're all fantastic that we featured so thanks for everyone for sharing it was a good 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 post to have yeah it was good bit different so it's good good right we've had a couple of hit misses or maybes we have a bit of a busy week we had um riptide who uh came they released a new single fatal retribution following on the back of the earlier song about a month and a half ago they released smoke didn't they a real banger as you put it yeah that was a banger still is they released another mid-paced stumper and it yeah it, it seemed to kind of split the group well split the group split the five people that <laughs> commented on it i think it was just the time it was posted after after an, another post it kind of kept caught people unawares and um yeah it um gareth Pugh anyway he got on board he said it's a hit just they definitely wear their influences on their sleeves and the vocals are just a little bit annoying, but I'd still happily happily listen to them and check out more of their material. Definitely. I think they're forging away ahead there, actually. I think Riptide, are, if this is the sort of stuff they're, they're throwing down and they can develop a bit more, they'll be they'll be fantastic. Because wasn't it Riptide, the guy moved up to... Moved up. Moved to Eval, didn't he? Yes. So... You kind of think, oh, what's going to happen, Riptide? But if this is what's happening, Riptide, there's no worries whatsoever. It's a decent, mm. decent song. Yeah, I, I think we did, we we did we we talked about it, and I I definitely think it's a good move for Riptide that he's in Evile. As much work and as much uh, touring as Evile do, I think there is still room for him in Riptide, which can only benefit Riptide. Absolutely. So, what were the scores on the doors? We had two hits. Zero misses and three maybe, so pretty positive. Overall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did hear it. I, I heard it a bit late, and uh, I, I love the material. Uh, I'm waiting for an album. I'd I'd love to hear an album full of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's very listenable thrash, isn't it? Definitely. Looking forward to 
any new stuff that they're they're bringing up. I can see what um, sorry, I can see what Gareth says about the vocal. So whilst <clears throat> yeah, I I don't, didn't find them particularly annoying. I did find them the more divisive part of the song. If all the all the music worked totally just but you're gonna pick up on the vocal straight away, aren't you? Is is the vocal something that can be developed or do you think that is indelibly on there for life now for Riptide? Is is Andy Sneap gonna go in there and go, love the stuff guys, but this vocals this is what we should do. Is is that could that work or is it just you know, whatever anyone does, they're going to be slightly annoying. And then you're in that kind of, um, I was immediately going to say violence where the vocals seem to be a, a deciding factor, regardless of the reputation and the quality of the music. Yeah. I, I don't know really. I really don't know. Cause obviously mm. that's the, that's the, the style that the guy is, he's, he's trying to do, but you, if someone did say that to you, someone of, and not you or I, but if someone mm. like Andy Sneap said, look, why don't you try this or try that? They're going to listen, aren't they? Well, well yeah, it, that's what development is all about, isn't it? Regardless of whether you're a singer or anything else, if someone says, look, I would like to develop, I think we can go further with this. Have you tried A, B or C? Now, obviously, I don't know the guys from Riptide, but if they're like, no, we're 100% authentic and we're not going to listen to any advice, then, you know, that's, you know, as... as um, our HMS says always listen to advice from the experts. And if an expert does say you should try this or have you tried that, or I think we should try this, that's all part of your development, isn't it? In anything you do. So it, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I mean, I don't mind the vocals to be quite honest with you. I, th- I, I, I don't find them annoying whatsoever. Right. Well then you, you have a word with Riptide then. Okay. 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 I keep it as it is. Keep it as it is, lads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, it, again, it's exciting times for UK thrash. They're you know mm. a real exciting band out there that are doing it. So from one new exciting band that are doing it to an old exciting band that have done it and are doing it again. Did it? Done it? Yeah. Doing it again? Chris Gambold alerted us to this really, and it was accuser, veteran. Uh, German Thrashers Accuser, whose 1989 album, Who Dominates Who, is something of a minor classic in the uh, Chris Gambold household. Shay Gambold, no less. Yeah, and who have put out several excellent records over the last 10 years. They're releasing a 12 full-length album in November. Mm. And this is the first single, the amusingly named Phantom Graves. Oh, and he goes, ooh. Okay. Now, what did what did you think? First, have you heard of Accuser? I've heard of them because I, I recall the logo where there are double S and the S, the double S is a kind of linked in one above the other. Oh, okay. So, yeah, a little bit of quirky logo, but never. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of them, but never heard of them. Okay, I, I can't say that I have unless I have accidentally or have done, and I don't know it. Okay. So, I liked what I heard. Yeah. I, I, I did. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Excellent. What did the members think? Richard Oliver said, a crew, Accuser are a brilliant band. Who Dominates Who is an underground thrash classic. I can also heartily recommend their 1992 album, Repent, which is vicious as fuck. The last few they have done have been belters as well. 
Diabolic and the Mastery come highly recommended as great examples of gnarly German thrash. And it was it was gnarly, wasn't it? It was quite raw, but mm. very well produced. And again, the vocals out front and centre, they're not going to be to everyone's tastes, but mm. tastes, but they were, um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a decent song to throw out there and a popular one because quite a few people got on board. They did, they did. Now, I am making a note, and I'll tell you why I'm making a note, and Chris Gamble can be the team captain. Um, new Omnium for the sort of smaller bands is Accuser In. Are you asking me or are you asking Chris Gamble? I'm asking whoever's listening, you being one of them. Okay. Yes. Okay. They're number one. We just need another. Because a few people did um, uh, score this and a few people did remember them and say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, they're not. They're not. I think someone said they're not second rate. And you go, no, no, I know this band. They're good. They're cool. So worthy of an Omnium um, entrant. Definitely. Definitely. First one in for uh, for the Omnium. So we need five more. We can kind of do one one a week, couldn't we? And then we can we can post it. So that's cool. What were the score? A bit of a live housekeeping as well. What we could do with the live Omnium is actually post a song as well. So if it is going to be the you know almost like demo level bands, you know, a bit like when we've had. Uh, torn fabrics on the back of the podcast yeah. and they threw in their email if we were going to get a band that are just releasing they've only played two or three songs they've only released two or three songs and we can get them in the omnium as well not mm. torn fabrics but a band of not established at all that are just mm. releasing their first album let's let's upload a photo uh, a, a video as well so that people whilst they're no way going to get through the the omnium process and finish first because someone like death row or someone like um heathen are going to come out on top it'd be good that people do at least check out these lesser lesser known bands could or we get a cheap bands go on sorry or more well-known bands that just didn't get the rub of the green could we get a cheeky another cheeky um a cheeky leaky little playlist that we put up so people can listen to a playlist and then almost make a blind decision on them as in not blind, but you can listen to one track and think, Oh, I want to hear more of this. Cause I think that's a lot of people when they vote in the Omnium, a lot of them goes, well, I haven't heard any of this. Well, if we give them a playlist, they can have six tunes, they can have half an hour, a beer, and then make their choice from there. Yeah. And some might choose not to. That, that, yes. That's fine. They, they might know those bands anyway, but the, the, option is there isn't it that's a that's a very good idea carl let's get on to that nice little bit of live housekeeping thank you for everyone's ideas this is how things get done what did the uh what did the ratings what was the scores we had 15 people take part that's good we had, we had one miss one maybe and then we had 13 hits which is fantastic that's that's looking like it's pretty good. It looks like they're, they're hot favourites already. Good, good, good. Good, good. Brilliant. So that's coming up, shaping up nicely for later on. Let's go through some mentions. Yeah, so we had the UK Thrashers. They always get a mention because they are not only our sponsors of the show and um, Neil continues with his radio <clears throat> radio show. 
his podcast where he interviews uh, the great and the good of UK thrash or just thrash in general and he had Solitary on there the Preston Thrashers Solitary mm-hmm. um, yeah been around, been around for time haven't they been around yeah. for a long, long time and they they did sound like battle weary heroes they, they they took everything in their stride and they uh that they, they, they weren't bouncing off the walls. They were very calm, assured, and knew exactly what they were saying. It was good. It was a, a really cool interview. Good bit of banter there. Yeah, yeah it was good. And he, uh, he played uh, Novichok. Yes. Did you? I listened to it on Spotify, or I downloaded the Spotify version. I think it's slightly different on YouTube, isn't it? Okay. Okay. But what what did what else did he what else did he play? Just tell everyone. Yeah. Uh, Days of Wrath, he played a song called Sweet Release. Um, they were on the Moshing the Roof on mm. um, charity CD as well. Different song, but um, yeah, they were on there. It's, uh, obviously, Solitary, he played a song with them. There was a Elimination, the Norwich, or sorry, Suffolk, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> Thrashers, and Bomb Scare, I think they were called. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to say they were Australian, but um, oh, okay. But yeah, um, so yeah, you get you get five or six decent cuts of thrash metal. You're getting a 45, 50 minute interview as well. Yeah, what's what's not to like? What's not to like? And I've got to say that Elimination—that's the second song I've heard, and they are absolutely fantastic. They are so on it; it's brilliant. I think that's absolutely fantastic songs that they come out with. Yeah, good man. Oh, only three members. If you're a drummer, is it a drummer they're after? Isn't it? Get in yeah. there. And and get yourself a meal ticket and fill your boots because I think they're a fantastic band. It's just a shame it's all coming out now where you can't go and see them, but they are great. I'm I'm definitely gonna. I, I still haven't done it. I need to go and buy that. Uh, is it an album or EP or? or... It's an EP. It's mm. a, I think it was three songs, and then they've got two, two either two live ones or two. Um... So you talk, talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. Eleven, just an absolutely fantastic effort. Really interesting, cutting thrash metal. Um, yes, they do have a drum machine uh, at the moment, but it's really organic sounding. Someone in there is going to do a right job for them, and they get. They're, I think they're fantastic. I can't wait to go and check them out. To be quite honest. Yeah, I can't find it. It was a devastating CD I was uh, I had over there. So whatever you said, oh, yeah, he, he was totally right. Good, good, good. And keep up the good uh, the good work, Neil, because Neil Brannigan Fuller does this as we do for the love, and he's he's really he's really spreading it. It's fantastic. Good. Sodom. S- sorry. Sorry, that's not that's not a gibbet, Neil. The new Sodom uh, lyric video came out for Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, it's a. And this was this was this was thanks for the uh, Razor's Edge dot rocks that kind of um, posted this and alerted us to this. And uh, how would you describe it, Robbie? Oh, a heavyweight brute of a track. To be honest, it was a it not too. Not too difficult. If, if someone said, "Oh, Sodom have got a new song out," okay, what's it going to be? Pretty much like it, like like you'd expect a Sodom song to be. Yeah. But kind of up the ante a little bit more as well. It, it's a heavy beast of a song. It really is, especially the midsection. The midsection in there that it's almost verging on death metal at the mm. parts, but they still got that real kind of tuneful, almost like melody going on with the yeah very technical thrash that they're playing that, that just kind of re- retains a, a almost like a primal 
energy to it as well. It's it's got a real kind of um, yeah, uh, what raw feel, but it just yeah. it's kind of like everything with Sotham, isn't it? It's it's fiery, it's ferocious, yet it it can be technical as well. Definitely, I I, I really like it. It's it's what I call head down, and it is really thrashy. And if you've seen the photograph that the Razor's Edge have used, it's it's so unlike that photograph, it's unreal. Yeah, it's um, okay, lads. Right, we're going to take a photo. Just um, uh, we've yeah. just worked through a load of pauses, uh, poses. Just pose there and there. Hand on the hips, please. Yeah. Hand on your bullet belt. And um, yeah, it's. I mean, were they shooting for the Matalan catalogue or something? I mean, it's just incredible. But the song is fantastic. It's brilliant darkened thrash metal at its best they've got to come over here and, and tour it when when um it, this is all over and i'm i really want to go and see sodom i don't know where, how how often do sodom play the uk i can't remember them playing in the last five or six years maybe i'm wrong did they not play on one of these multi-band multi-band tours that came over i think that was uh, tankard wasn't it there was a four-band bill i'm sure there was a four-band oh. bill that played um Oh, what, the Headbangers Ball thing? Yeah, possibly one of them, the Electric Ballroom or even the Roundhouse or somewhere. That, that, that Yeah, I'm sure they played on that. Mm, okay. But well, again, you know, time moves on so quick. That could have been a long time ago. But I'm sure, perhaps, yeah, I'm sure it was. But let's, let's uh, Members will enlighten us, hopefully. What did the members say, having well, said that? Richard Oliver, again commenting quite a bit which is fantastic absolutely love this song it harks back to their black and thrash origins 100% gets my seal of approval mm, yeah definitely agree with that it's early Sodom with a new taste it's uh, it's, it's a little far cry from um, War and Pieces and then when you asked me earlier what, how would I sum up this track and I went oh, oh, well it's, it's, it's primal and it's, it's technical <laughs> and it's, it's raw and it's got this energy I should have just said what Paul Hutchins said which is that is one fiery bastard of a track. Yeah, that sums it up quite nicely. If you like fiery bastards, this is the one for you. There you go. Now, I think this next one, mate, I'm just going to sign over to you and listen. Well, it was anathema. Uh, we don't know the full ins and outs of why and how they've reached the decision, but they've decided to go on an indefinite hiatus. So that could be the kind of end or as we know it from um, Anathema, certainly for, for the good foreseeable future, indefinite is what it says, really. Anathema are one of those bands that are truly a, a bit of an enigma, really. They are, they're not a heavy metal band by any stretch of the imagination. Yes, they've got electric guitars and they've got drums and heavy in emotion, heavy in atmosphere. But they started, didn't they, back in the uh, early 90s, uh, kind of with, with Paradise Lost, mm. with My Dying Bride, of the kind of trio of bands really pushing that doom, gothic-inspired heavy metal sound. And I think they were, they on Peace, were they on Peaceville, weren't they? They were on Peaceville. Yeah. Um, they really spearheaded that kind of doomy death metal stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they were on Peaceville and um, certainly Paradise Lost were. And anyway, they, yeah, they developed their sound and they, they, they kind of moved into more progressive territories and, and that's where we found them for the past maybe 10, 15, well, maybe, maybe the past 20 years. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's, as I said, we don't know why and what's happened, but possibly more bands, we're going to see more bands that aren't able to make a living from this. But what they said was, and I'll just briefly read it, we have all, every one of you included, faced unpredictable challenges which impacted both our professional and personal situations. In this hardest of times, events over this year have left us with no option but to go on an indefinite hiatus. As individuals, it is now time to pursue other paths in life. We are beyond grateful for everyone's support over the years. There is no end to the love and respect we have for our fans for giving us the best years of their lives. The generosity you all showed following the unexpected cancellation of our tour will always stay with us. We could never have anticipated how this year would turn out. So it truly, really has affected them. Yeah. And it's affected many people in lots of different ways. But... Anathema are very one of those special bands that have a have a place in in heavy metal for that kind of whether that's because their their legacy at the beginning or whether they've never really kind of they just hold a special place with a lot of lot of people really. Well, well Anathema they were the bands we saw at Download on the same day as Slayer in seventeen, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So they they got like a, a female singer and doesn't the drummer and bassist swap over instruments halfway through if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah, the I think he's the keyboardist. He plays on drums. They've got a drummer. They've got two drummers in some of the songs. Um, they've got two brothers, Vincent and Daniel Kavanagh, that play, uh, sing at various times. And then Lee Douglas, the female singer, she she obviously just stands there and fantastic, beautiful voice. Mm. And just some of them, yeah, unbelievable music. And um, yeah, their live shows were just a real experience you didn't go see anathema and you, you certainly wouldn't stand there and shout at anathema show because you're just totally yeah. engaged in the music and 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 the spectacle you know it's a fantastic band from liverpool and they're not going to be listening they're not one of the two hundred fifty-two thousand people listening to this but if they were you know wish them all the best they certainly made my life <laughs> yeah. a lot more richer for um you know the few albums that i've got by them and um, yeah just wish them all the best of luck. Yeah, I'm glad I checked them out when I did because I don't think I'd ever go and see Anathema. Not really my thing, but I really enjoyed that half an hour we had at Download with them. And then we went to saw Airborne afterwards. So a real juxtaposition there, wasn't it? But, but that's the thing, wasn't it? You know, they, they still pulled a crowd at, at mm. Download. And I know there's, there's people there, they, they've got to go and watch someone. But, you know, round of applause and, you know, there was no... Not that there were bottles of piss in this time, this kind of era of download, but they wouldn't have been bottled off back in the day. They're, you know, they've got, they've got too much um, respect to the people. And what did Mike Todd say? Obviously, he's in a, a similar position to an asthma in regards to he's a he's a musician. So, well, he said he he, he, he questioned whether it's a sign of the times to come. He says mm. this is a result of the streaming age and no opportunity to gig, which is where the bands actually make their living. Yeah. I heard more bands don't suffer the same issues. Yeah, and certainly echo all of that because um, I hope it's not a trend that catches on. Absolutely. So, Bon Voyage Anathema. Hope they. Um, hope it's not a trend like we say that. And let's see what uh, what they they produce. Do you think anyone will produce anything from Anathema from the ashes of individually solo work? Yeah. Uh, musicians and musicians of of you know of repute so it's just financially whether that's when they say they they see what i think the 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 uh, statement said it's now time to pursue other paths in life well 
whether that includes music, because obviously there's the financial burden of music, but there's certainly the the ability there to write music and some of the solo work that um, the Cabinet Brothers have worked on is it, up there with Anathema's work. So it's you know, um, it's, who possi- knows? it's who possible. Knows? Let's go on to uh, happier matters, which is T nineties. Yeah, T ninety. Ten songs you want to share with a club. Five must be thrash. All ten can be thrash, but five have got to be thrash. So this time it's the comes courtesy of Ronnie Elizabeth Wilson. Now Ronnie is a relatively new member of the club. He's thrown himself in feet first with the club. He comments on most of the features. He's got some great views. He's got some great interactions with people, and it's fantastic. So although Ronnie's only been a member for a a few weeks now, he he took this on and uh, ran with it, really, this T90, and he came up with a cracking playlist. That's great. And we like new members, we like old members, and we like members in between, don't we? We like all members. So first of all, number one, he went with Hook in Mouth. Again, I think this was the second week. Second fortnight running, this is on a T90. This was on a compilation I bought at Walmart called Thrash Metal. It was my favourite song in the world instantly when I heard this song. There you go. Maybe that's why a lot of people like it, because it featured on a sort of heavy... Because Walmart's kind of like a big supermarket chain out there, isn't it? So a lot of people would have got hold of it. And I wonder if Hook of Mouth, Hook in Mouth is kind of a, um, a product, a byproduct of people hearing Thrash Metal for the first time, maybe. It sticks with you. Yeah. Not a bad one to hear for the first time to get you into your thrash metal, is it? Absolutely not. Uh, He went for Slayer, Rain in Blood. Number two, this album is arguably the best metal album start to finish, in my opinion. No, 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 no real argument about that from me, other than Dirty Deeds by ACDC and Number of the Beast by Maiden. Sepultura Rise. To this day, I have never bought more copies of one album than this one. Yeah, well recent hall of famer we featured it um sorry ronnie you were just too late to comment on it but i assume if it's in here you would give it 10 out of 10 and then he went he he, he kind of he he, 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 he <laughs> went from slayer he upped the ante a little bit and he was kind of moving into the more death metal territory and then with sepulchre he went on to malevolent creation so a real death metal beast here with slaughter of innocence he said this song definitely raised the bar okay death metal for you now yeah a bit of new york death metal from malevolent creation there they don't get enough credit do they the kind of um new york is side of death metal i'm not a, i'm not a huge huge death metal fan but uh, or, or aficionado shall we no. say I'm, I'm a fan but not an aficionado or kind of an expert but there were some big bands from from new york weren't there? everyone talks about the florida scene or yeah. the uh, you know the, the other scenes that were going on the kind of the swedish death metal that was going on and mm. um you know the, the new york scene yeah malevolent creation you had suffocation immolation um, as we found out fairly recently, because we weren't too sure where they were from, Demolition Hammer. Yeah. And then, of course, Cannibal Corpse. Now, there's yeah. five big bands there that would probably be in, in, in an Omnium if we had the... Death Metal, uh, yeah. A Death Metal Omnium. Um, so, and Brutal yes. Truth, I know Dan Light Lilka was in there. It was Were they New Yorkers? Um, I, I, I don't know where Brutal Truth kind of mm-hmm. came into it, to be honest, mate. Don't know. Don't know. Next one. 
Death Angel, seemingly endless time. I used to stay up to record Headbangers Ball on MTV when they actually played some music videos back in the day. And that is a great video as well for seemingly endless time as well, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a great song where you got the guitar coming in, left, right, left, right, left, right. Yes. It's a, yeah, it's a great sound. Great. Didn't play it at Bloodstock. It's gutting, isn't it? Yeah. Sodom, the vice of killing, always takes me back to the days of us building a half pipe in our backyard. So obviously the uh, musical accompaniment to, uh, yeah, long days spent, bit of carpentry work, getting that half pipe built was, um, yeah, a bit of Sodom. So good stuff. Well, I wouldn't have put Sodom as a uh, as a skater's track, but whatever. That, if, it fl- if it fits, it fits, doesn't it? It fits. He then went for Pantera, the art shredding. These guys were called groove metal, but to me, this song has its thrash qualities. Definitely. That is one of the thrashier, if not the thrashiest song on um, Cowboys from Hell. That and probably Primal Concrete Sledge, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely got its place in here. Well, you can put whatever you want in here. So He then went for a bit of technical progressive death metal, Atheist, Peace of Time. I love this song. Wore a band T-shirt to school and I was sent home. My mum tried to throw my shirt away but hid it from her. I hid it from her and just hand-washed it in the bathroom sink. Oh, fantastic. See, there you go. That's what it's all about, isn't it? And that's what really draws you to a band. Someone says, you're not wearing that and you're going, yes, I am. And it just stays with you, doesn't it? As does the stink from where you can't wash it properly and you're washing it in your bathroom sink. Yes, definitely. That that's... And then... Go on. Well, I'm just moving on to number nine, but you, you still want to talk about Atheist? Well, I was going to say, and no higher praise that it had real estate on your leather jacket, mate. So, Atheist did, yeah. So there you go. Uh, moving into Germany from America now, Dust Bowl, Opulence Contaminated, fellow Hall of Famers, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they certainly are. And what a breath of fresh air. And I heard that often listening to this again and it's it's one of those albums a bit of a revelation really it's like Sodom in War and Pieces and yeah War and Pieces just one of those albums that had I not been in this club I wouldn't have heard and this is another one of them it's just a brilliant brilliant album yeah it's a fantastic album really enjoyed it when uh, we had Dust Bolt on it I think a lot of people were the same when they who the hell are this actually they're pretty decent yeah Turned a few heads, so that's refreshing. And then finally, to close it out, he went for an absolute blast of a heavy song, and it was uh, Chimera. Mm. Yeah, Chimera, pure hatred. I hope I said that right. If if not, it's just the Mera. But (laughs) Um, do you want me to try and pronounce it? Well, go on. I always thought they were Chimera. Well, that's all right then. Seeing these guys in 01 with Slayer, wow, they were intense. Instantly loved their music. They were. They, they, band, weren't they? Because they were. When you hear this song, it's 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 heavy as hell, isn't it? And it, it, is. just, it just well, then they're not they're not around anymore, are they? So for whatever reason, they just didn't get the rub of the green. They always seem to be the perennial supporting bands mm. and always on big tours, weren't they? But yeah, a bit like that El Nino and Spine Shank, and it was around that time where yeah, I don't know. Again, it was. It's like cyclical, isn't it? So mm. it, it goes through in cycles, and and it just—I don't know—it just. Um, yeah, they just didn't get music at that time. Yeah, it was—it was a funny one. I, I think he, the, the lead singer, always it was a bit marmite for people, as in his personality. He was a bit arrogant on stage. If I remember, I saw Chimera a few times, and people, a lot of people around me, were going, "Oh yeah, love Chimera. They're fucking brilliant. Hate the singer. He's a cock." 
you know that was always kind of like the conversation that was going on uh, but can't deny the music it was absolutely brilliant and i do remember their big one was power trip was, was it power trip i think it was power trip yeah and really that's a rager that one as well yeah no it was um yeah decent band they were certainly intense what did our glorious members think of that decent well, effort yeah, of a two ninety? He just went dust bolt, baby. Dust bolt, baby. Uh, Gary Sanderson, Chimera were great. Impossibility of reason and the self-titled album are fantastic. There you go, Chimera, get in there. So that's not too bad. Scotty Wells. Cheers, Scotty. Oh yeah, plastic. Oh, actually, I've got some for Scotty Wells. See if you can guess what these are. Drinking horns? No, they are bottle lids from the quiz that we had on Saturday night. Okay. I'll put those there for Scotty. Go on, what did Scotty say? Scotty said, the art of shredding, excellent deep cut. A deep cut. Quite like that expression, it's a deep cut. Like it. Alan Davies, nice to see someone rating atheists. Totally off the wall arrangements. Not everyone got them, but they were refreshingly different with great songs definitely refreshingly different that's one way of putting atheist and i think howard h smith actually played one on his um uh, bollocks radio the other day didn't he he did yeah mm, got a few people talking about them yeah they're one of them bands that i don't, I don't know they, they, i don't think they were so much marmite but they were just a little bit too maybe a little bit out there but without being totally off the wall you know what i mean mm. Accepted, but never truly loved, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, thank you. You've all got one more. Uh, uh, member number one, Rob Mansing. So we always like to read his comments because he is member number one. Good shout-out for Sodom and a great track to choose. Definitely. Definitely. So, thank you for that. It was brilliant, Ronnie. Really enjoyed the T90, and thanks for everyone uh, commenting as well. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Right. Let's go on to um, Thrash of the Titans, shall we? Yeah, well, um, Metallica 1, Boot Overkill, that's it. Should we move on? <laughs> that's the best way to deal with it. <laughs> well, let's give it a little bit more respect okay, than it's due. Uh, we have got some, because there was loads of comments and lots of positive comments. Uh, unfortunately, there was a few, um, there was a bit of uh, silliness going on. Uh, we try and keep this club 100%. And everyone that I'm speaking to who listens to this podcast, I know is 100% on board with the, with the 100% um, positive. And if you have got a differing of you or a, uh, a comment that isn't as positive about one band or another, you know that it's just an opinion and it doesn't, it's not detriment to your opinion or you as a person. And when it does turn a little bit, we'll, we'll act upon that immediately. So, let's when it came up, when it came up, Metallica yes. Overkill. Yes, you knew where you were going to go, didn't you? I so did. it was kind of one to you, one to me. So it was an even thing. But did it turn out the way you thought it would? I thought it would be close. I, you know, I thought Metallica would win. So yes, I suppose it did. But I didn't think it would be this close. It was at one point they were drawing. I got a, I think it's a screenshot. There were thirty votes each at one point. I think it was. So it's it was really close, and there was sort of six votes in it for a long time, and then Metallica just peeled ahead and got about ten votes, and then they just got ahead uh, right at the very end. 
Um, Metallica, over 220 people voted, which is just phenomenal um, participation. Thanks to everyone that uh, voted on this. But Metallica won with 55% of the votes, which is, as it turned out, only 20 votes in it. Wow. So. Close run, wasn't it? That is close. With 220 people voting, that is as close as it's ever going to get, I think. That is uh, that is brilliant. Uh, so thanks for all of that. But Metallica are safely through. Those 20 votes are a, a nice safety, uh, uh, a safe margin, and they are through. Um, Overkill hold their head up high to take, all, well, just under a hundred, well, I think it was a hundred votes bang on, actually, to take a hundred votes off of anyone when Metallica are in the vote, that's that's good going, isn't it? And they are through against anyone else. It's got to be this case, is it not? Yeah, definitely. So let's see what the members thought. Des Coley, always loved Overkill, love all the albums, and they're good down-to-earth blokes. So, they're, uh, so there's my vote. Yeah, they, 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 just, they do seem that. You know, you, you're going to... Whatever reason, whether you're going for the Who Do You Want to See at a live show, what was your favourite song that you got into, what was your favourite album, do you like them as individuals? Overkill do seem like the approachable guys that you can sit and have a drink with at a bar. Definitely, and working-class heroes almost, aren't they? Yeah. Um, George, oh, the other thing you need to do is get the um, you need to get the uh, random number generator up because we're going to pick a new heat, aren't we? So. Okay. Uh, George Nisbet, Nisbet, thank you, mate. For commenting, this is so tough. Back in the day, for me, Metallica were head and shoulders above every other band, and the first four albums are all bona fide classics, all of which I still listen to regularly. Having said that, they really lost me big time with the Black Album, and I've not really liked anything that they have done since. As far as Overkill go, I was introduced to them in 1987 by the late, great Tommy Vance on the Friday Rock Show, and I very quickly became a diehard fan. Admittedly, they haven't always struck gold, but they've been back on top form since Ironbound. I'm going with Overkill. Good justifications there and a great mention for the late, great Tommy Definitely. Um, you know, you go through, it's, it's funny when you're reading each of these comments, isn't it? And people are justifying why they're choosing it. And you think, well, they're, they're going to say well, all the all the classics there for Metallica still listens to regularly. Yeah. Oh, I've gone for Overkill. And it's funny how, <laughs> yeah. how people justify why they're going for things and that uh, they justify them for, well, for a whole host of reasons. And valid reasons too. It's good. Absolutely. Dean Hughes, very hard. Overkill have remained a thrash band all through their career and have released some excellent albums along the way. The Years of Decay and Wings of War, my personal favourites. Metallica, however, helped define the genre and without their contribution, we might not have some of the greatest metal bands we know and love today. I could write war and peace about why I think Metallica deserve to go through, but think I'll leave that for the next round, hopefully. And now, for now, I will just finish with three words, Master of Puppets. And that's a great, great way of looking at it, isn't it? He's looking at the kind of legacy, mm-hmm. the, the legacy that Metallica have done without even kind of going down that, well, they bought the St. Anger and they've done the Black Album and the Load and Reload. He's kind of gone, I'll oh, just leave it, Master of Puppets. And that is that wonderful legacy that kind of got them through with him. Absolutely. Even though, even though Overkill were against anyone else, for him possibly, were going to be the top dogs. Yeah, and legacy is 
more than a justifiable reason to, to vote for Metallica. There's no question about that. Without Metallica, we we don't know where we'd be. Uh, Duncan Black. Metallica are going to win this, whether anyone likes it or not. Despite the ups and downs, they are still kings of the hill. That's what happens when you make Master of Puppets. Another good point there. They've had ups and downs, but they are still top. No one's taken that crown for them. No, and, um, you know, we can get into it a bit in a bit, but, you know, sometimes that legacy looms hard over their heads, doesn't it? That yeah. Master of Puppets and uh, Ride the Lightning, two of the greatest thrash metal albums ever released, um, kind of, yeah, can they, they, they can be a bit of a an albatross around their neck, can't they, in mm. some ways, but in, some, in other ways, well, only from people talking about it. In Metallica's eyes, they're not an albatross at all. They are, you know... They are doing what they're doing, and they they will do it. It's only us that are arguing about you know, yeah. these things. It's not Metallica. Jamie Kinghorn, another tough one. I listened to a lot of Overkill this fortnight and give them a fair fight. The Years of Decay is one of my top albums. So the way I approached it was this: Imagine I have all uh, I have all of both bands' albums in my record collection. My house was on fire, and I had time to save one record. What would it be? Ride the lightning. If I had time to go back for a second, Master. A third, Justice. A fourth, Kill em All. Then maybe the years of decay, assuming it wasn't a melted puddle of sadness by then. So on that basis, it has to be Metallica for me. Uh, a very interesting way of justifying which way your vote's going to go if your house was on fire, but it kind of, without trivialising the kind of house on fire, it is kind of saying, well, what's the most important record that you could mm -hmm. you could choose? And um, yeah. It's kind of four, four, four Metallica ones until he hits the, hits the, um, the Overkill one. But it kind of, again, just sums up the importance of those first four records that weighed heavy on a lot of people with this vote. Uh, and I love the expression of uh, a melted puddle of sadness on the floor. No, that's, that, that brings a tear to my glass eye. John Andrews, some great comments on this one. At the start, I loved Metallica but they moved on with their style of music and I, I didn't with them. I get that people kept with them and I have no issue with that. But for me, this is about thrash. Overkill have always been about the thrash. So it was an easy choice for me. <clears throat> yeah. He's it, not wrong there. They, they've never, never really varied from that thrash at all. Have they overkill? They've kept their head down and they've just, um, just yeah, doggedly. Workmanlike. Business-like, efficient, clean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Metallica absolutely have made, I think, very conscious decisions to go down certain avenues. Now, we can say that that's right or that's wrong. It's turned out, I think, to be the right decision for them. And they've, uh, they've inherited the earth. So two very different paths, which um, I think John sort of illustrates there. Um, Matty Tramp. This is trickier than I thought it would be. Metallica are undoubtedly pioneers, but ceased to be a thrash band long ago. First three albums are undisputed heavyweights and, like many others, my first foray into the world of thrash. Uh, Overkill, on the other hand, are still thrashing it out with some heavy-duty riffing. Even if, personally, I'm not a fan of the vocals, would Metallica still be cranking it out if the Black Album hadn't sold well? I don't know. But uh, but for undiminished services to bleeding ears and furious headbanging, I have to go with Overkill. Mm, 
That's an interesting point he says there. Would Metallica still be cranking it out if the Black Album hadn't sold so well? Well, this is my take on it. I think if the if the Black Album would have tanked, it would have never have tanked that bad, i.e. they still would have been playing certainly Hammersmith Odeons and maybe even Wembley Arenas, possibly not the Milton Keynes Bowls that they were doing. Um and then they would have gone, you know what, that was a bit of a cold lake for us. We'll go back to, you know, a, a safe haven, possibly. Um, obviously, music would have gone on by then. I don't think they would have made Reload or Load. No. It would have been a different album if, if the Tank one, if the Black Album have tanked. It's a really good, it's a really good point. It's an interesting point. Would, would, have, would have Lars and James parted ways at that point? Well, that, yeah, again, all these ifs and whys, but all we do know is that the musical climate was changing, wasn't it, yeah. when the Black Album came out, and they changed their sound, and I don't think maybe this is part of the problem why people give, is because they turned their back on thrash in a lot of people's eyes, but they turned their back and moved on creating a sound that saw them get through the nineties, mm. didn't it? Yeah. And it saw them and it saw them continue their trajectory and breaking out of this small thrash metal world where unfortunately people now, are, well, you know, you left that world, but mm. John Wick made a good point. A very good point. When you see Metallica on stage, they're playing, th regardless whether people think that they should be in, um, this isn't what John said, this is me kind of vocalising there, whether people think they should be thrash in Thrash of the Titans now, when they play those thrash classics from those first four albums on that stage, mm. they are as good as any band mm. when they're in, they, they are still a phenomenal live band. And I, I, I yeah, okay, Lars may not be the great. I, I don't get this Lars ba ba bashing that he gets all the time. Yeah. You know, I really, I, you know, I'll kind of, <laughs> yeah, okay, but I, I don't get it and I, I don't. People can say what they say, but he, he said, yeah, he may not be the, the most gifted drummer in the world, but he, he played on those first four albums mm. and it's a phenomenal, uh, he's got vision and he may be an annoying person or something, <laughs> yeah. but... I really don't get this last passion, but when he's up there and he's playing and they're a tight unit, they are playing thrash metal as thrashy as any thrash band out there. Yeah, it's going to be different from Sodom and Creator. It's mm. going to be different from Destruction, but it's still thrash metal when they play Nothing Else Matters. Yeah, that's not thrash metal. So it's you're kind of damned and you do and you're damned if you don't yeah. with Metallica, really. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. They... they, they... I mean, it's us because we're on the side of the thrash fence. There are a lot of people, like I say, who like Metallica, but also then say, yeah, I, I like Metallica. I like rock, you see. So I like Foo Fighters. I like Bon Jovi. And they're just another band in that collection of sort of stratospheric uh, heavy metal or rock bands. I like Guns N' Roses. Yes, I like all of that stuff. Well, we're not into that. And it's a case of the band that we loved that we gave to the world almost, if you want to put it like that came from fresh metal and the people that are buying guns and roses album one minute, buying a Bon Jovi album the next, and then buying the new Metallica release are, are pushing Metallica through that stratosphere. And we're all waiting for the next fresh metal album to come from them. And they're, they're probably, well, why would we want to go back to that? 
Exactly, and I think you're right there because I think on the thrash metal fans, are we quite? Um, I wouldn't say narrow-minded because I know a lot of people within our group, within the club, listen to all all sorts of music, yeah. all sorts, and not just not just thrash metal. But Scotty Scotty Wells has asked a question in a few of the threads, and I've kind of communicated with him on a bit about it as well. And he asked a question uh, whether thrash metal fans don't like hard rock per se because the Black Album, Load, Reload, they're I mean, the Black Album's not a hard rock album, is it? It is a heavy metal album, but but Load and Reload, they're, they're kind of heavy hard rock albums, aren't they? Mm. They're, they're still, there's some still decent heavy heavy metal on there. But what if we could sat, sit every individual d- down, not that we would because there's far more important things <laughs> to talk about, but what is it that, that really people have an issue with, with Metallica? Mm. I, is it because... Do, do they just not like hard rock, regardless whether it was Metallica doing it, yeah. if it was the Black Crows doing it, or if it was ZZ Top doing it, or if it was, you know, um, another hard rock band? It's um, I, I really don't know. Is it because they're jealous of of where Metallica went and they kind of moved on? Mm. Well, I don't think it's jealous of the dying scene. I, I think it's yeah. I, I think it's um, a little bit they. I've I've mentioned it before. I mean, I don't feel about that like Metallica. I, I like some of their later stuff. I don't like the the nineties eras really, or or the the certainly. I like the Black Album, but I don't like the album, three albums that came after that really. And I do think that people, because we're a thrash metal group, feel that they they do feel a little bit betrayed by Metallica, as in, well, hang around, you we we supported you through the underground when you were thrash metal. And then all of a sudden you decided, you know what? Thrash metal is not going to make me a millionaire. I'm going to do something. We're going to do something slightly different, slightly more commercial. Uh, and then all of a sudden they didn't need this thrash metal underground anymore. They couldn't, it seemed, I don't know whether it's true. They could seem, they couldn't care less about it because they frankly didn't need it. And I think if you're, got into Metallica when Metallica came first on the scene and you were there from the early days mm. from the Kill em All from the Rise of Lightnings and they then just almost turned you back on the scene maybe you have got more of a kind of vested interest and in like hang on a minute you were my you were my my band that I followed yeah. and I supported and now you're turning your back on me yeah. you're going to be a bit bitter I, I kind of got into the Metallica art you know, and justice for all time mm. so I it was kind of they were evolving then with the black album i got into it and i didn't feel betrayed at all but i can see some of these hardened mm. you know people that were into the the metal when it was proper thrash how they could act like that and, and i totally understand it yeah mm, definitely um uh paco eight year uh, Metallica, even with their flaws. So that, I quite like that comment because uh, Paco even accepts that they got their flaws, but he's still voting Metallica. Still loves them that he, he's he's going to vote for them. And I think we're kind of not doing disservice to Overkill here, but when I was saying about the uh, Metallica changing their sound, evolving with the changing climate. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, oh, Thrash was dead. But when, when we're talking about Thrash being dead, as in 1991, Overkill released one of their 
the mm. heaviest thrash metal albums that they up to their career in Horoscope, you know, yeah. 91 or 92, whatever it was. So they were, it was just, yeah, they, they were still able to keep punching, you know, heavyweight thrash albums out. And to their credit, they continued, didn't they? Mm. They doggedly continued. Definitely, definitely. No, no question about that. No question. So um, I just wanted to to give Mr. Scoremaster himself, Kev, Kevin Adamson, the last word on on the uh, thrash poll. Uh, at the end, all of all of this, there were still thirty two great bands on that picture, and a whole lot of them not included for anyone to want to enjoy whenever they want. We will always have thrash. We will always have thrash. That's great. That could be our motto of our club. We will always have thrash. So thanks to everyone that um, um, commented. Like I said, there was a little bit of silliness that I don't want to go into because it's been dealt with and it's uh, it's done. On the same token, there was a great – after – on the post that I posted, the, um, the wall chart, if we're going to call it that, there was a great um, thread where three or four people were all talking about Metallica that then drifted into Slayer that then drifted into talking about debut albums, which we will talk about after we have picked our new album or our new tie. Um, while I get the random generator up, just yeah. looking at the wall chart there, I was thinking earlier, looking at it and listening to a fresh album that's just come out recently. Have we done a disservice to Heathen by not having them in the fresh at the times? Um, <sighs> opposed to possibly I can see one band down the right hand side uh, that took on Testament in the first round Machine Head okay you would have, you would have jettisoned them I would have jettisoned Machine Head out I mean we've got Pantera and Machine Head that probably took most stick for not being thrash yeah. and obviously Lars Rocket for going up against Slayer but Lars Rocket there's no argument there They're, they are thrash yes um, yeah, I, I think, um, but again, this could be one of the, the, the Omniums, you know, the, the bands that we can't quite get in there. We can always feature in the Omniums. Well, I, I will let you into a little secret that I believe, because I needed to get 32, I think Machine Head and I think um, uh, Pantera, one of the last two that I, I put in. So, yeah, very good argument to have Heathen in there as DRI, a lot of people were asking about, as Holy Terror, a lot of people are asking about. Lots of um, lots of arguments for that, and I I totally agree is, is, is the answer. Having said that, if we would have jetsed Pantera, put Heathen in, I think Metallica would have wiped the floor with them, so I don't think it makes that much difference. <laughs> but we, uh, we wouldn't have had the great comments as well by having... Pantera and Machine because it raised some fantastic it conversation. Did, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but who's to say that we won't have another uh, heathen involved in a future Thrash of the Titans? But let's get this poll. Let's get the uh, the next round up, and then we can talk about so what we think. Numbers between one and three. Numbers between one and three. Three. Slayer Testament. Slayer Testament is a juicy little feature, is it a fixture? So that feat that will close the um, one side of the draw. Um, again, we'll have our first semi-final complete after next weekend's um, Thrash the Titans, featuring Slayer and Testament. Dare I ask where? Where do you see that one going, Carl? I can only see that going one way, and that yeah. is the way of Slayer. And I think very convincingly. 
I would say they are going to get 80% of the vote. Mm, I think you're right there. But um, let's see what happens. Weirder things have happened at sea. You never know. Um, I, there might be Slayer fans may not get out because they think this is all going to go one way. Testament might sneak through. Who knows? Um, or there may be because Testament do get a lot of mentions on the club. So let's let's see where where it goes. There'll be some great comments anyway about the, the love for, for Testament. It'll be interesting to see what people say, gigs they saw them at, and definitely songs they like. It's it's always interesting reading. Good, cool. So looking forward to that. So we've got one, three, four, five. We've got six rounds of Thrash of the Titans, and then it is done in this particular um, format. So my attention was drawn to uh, what what do we do next? And for a little while, I've been saying we should make a band. But then I was thinking about Kevin Adamson's idea for debut albums and pitching debut albums against each other. Yeah, it came up in the uh, in the open forum. The yeah, there were a few mentions as well for the debut kind of Thrash of the Titans thing. So it was a certainly a worthwhile cause opening it up to the members because then they kind of have ownership on some of these features, which is good. So I was thinking we need thirty-two albums to make a, a, a decent competition. And I put down, um, I think I've got 22 that I think just need to be included. I don't think there's going to be any argument of debut albums. Should I run through them for you now? Please do. So we've got Kill Em All, Fistful of Metal, Killing Is My Business, Show No Mercy, Bonded by Blood, Legacy, History of a Time to Come, Ultraviolence, Forbidden Evil, Alice in Hell, uh, Eternal Nightmare, The Fear, what have we got? Into Megatherion, uh, Infernal Overkill by Destruction, Doomsday for the Deceiver, uh, Endless Pain, Endless Pain by Creator, Game Over Nuclear Assault, Feel the Fire, Overkill, Ignorance, Sacred Reich, Sodom Obsessed by Cruelty, SOD Speak English or Die, Self Titled by Suicidal, and Zentrex Shattered Existence. Do you agree with all of those? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just thinking the uh, the frost one that you mentioned. What yeah. was it? Did you mention? Did, did you put the frost in there again? The frost they? were in there. Mega is it? Megatherion? It is. Yeah. I just wasn't sure whether that is the uh, debut. What, what's the it? debut then? I'm not a massive frost fan, as you know. Um, it, not pandemonium, is it? Oh, right. Okay. Well, well, that one will go in. That one well, will go on. Yeah, whatever the Frost one was. I, I didn't think it was. Um, and so we have got 10 holes to fill. And like I say, we did get a few, why not this band, why not that band, why not this band? So let's throw open. I think everyone is pretty much in agreement with most of those uh, 22 albums. So let's, if I, if we throw open an Omnium, where we post a list of albums. I've got some here. And then people can um, post their own if they want to as well. If they think, oh, what about this band's debut? And then they can post that one. And if people vote for it, and you can vote for as many albums as you like, and the top 10 get to feature in the next Thrash of the Titans for debut albums pitching against each other. 
great idea. And do you know what's a good idea? Go on. Featuring two mega theory on by Celtic Frost, the Frost, as um, in, in that first round as well, because uh, it's a fantastic debut album. It okay. is indeed a debut album, so you've done your homework. Well done, Carl. Let's just check it. Cool. Now, I'm going to – these are the ones – I've got 20 here that I think we should post. But, again, people are – if you want to comment on here and say, how about this debut album, we can certainly do them. So, Burn My Eyes, Machine Head, Mordred's Full Game, Nail Bomb, Point Blank, uh, Voivod's War and Pain, Venom, Welcome to Hell, Trivium, Embers to Inferno, Tankard, Zombie Attack, Sepultura, Morbid Vision, Soulfly, Soulfly, Prong, Force Fed, Possessed Seven Churches, Municipal Waste, Waste Them All, Mortal Sin, Mahemic Destruction, MOD, Surfing MOD, Lawmower Death, Old Crikey, uh, Lamb of God, New American Gospel, Lars Rocket, uh, is it City Gonna Burn, uh, DRI Self-Titled, Dark Angel, We Have Arrived, and Body Count, Body Count. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's an argument for all and... Um most of them in there and I just think it's going to be great that when people throw in their pennies worth as well that we'll get a right old list so let's do that then that might be the next um, Omnium to sort out our Thrash of the Titans uh, for debut albums that's going to be uh, that'll keep us going quite nicely yeah definitely I think it's going to be it'll be a little bit more exciting than uh who's who of uh, yeah. band of, well you've got Tom Araya on bass and look who's going and welcome James Hetfield on guitar and who have we got singing it's Rob Flynn you know yes. it's, it's, uh, at least there's a little bit more to get into on the and and do you want to do it so it is like the FA Cup so we'll give when we get our 32 we'll give them all a number one's 32 and then each week or each podcast or when, when you know each every other podcast we can pick we can just draw two random numbers and that will be, so we'll have heavyweights versus heavyweights possibly, as opposed to the seeding that we had for this one. Yeah, I think so. It gives everyone a fair chance, doesn't it? Yeah. So you could get a kill em all versus uh, show no mercy in the first round. Um, likewise, you could get a, you know, I don't know, uh, a sacred Reich ignorance versus a kill em all. At the same time, you could get a Sodom, versus the first overkill or something like that. So it's um, it's got complete random. No, that, that, that sounds absolutely as it should be. Nice and fair. I mean, you're going to get you, – you might get Fool's Game marching through against, um, I don't know, um, Dark Angels debut or something, yeah. whereas if one of them was up against Show No Mercy, it's, it's not going to happen, possibly. Possibly. Maybe. Stranger things have happened at sea. Stranger things have. So again, thanks to everyone that voted, and uh, really appreciate the participation. So, but now because we have got twenty-five minutes before this segment runs out, are we going to go and talk about our? What are we listening to? Yeah, what are we? What are we as a collective listening to? Eh? Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm getting the post up. Um, have you already got it up? So just, uh, let me have a look. Let's see. Shall I go for it? You make a start. Let's see. Here we go. Yeah. Darren Robb, um, Solitary, New Stuff, and the Diseased Heart Society, Heathen, I'm Part of the Blind, 
Malevolent Creation, Metallica Masters of Puppets, Suicidal Join the Army. Thank you, mate. Uh, Napalm Death, Apex Predator, Easy Meat. Most of that was running music. Brilliant. Neil Brannigan Fuller, he's been listening to Overkill and Metallica. Nothing else, and it's all your fault. <laughs> no, our pleasure. Chris Gambold, Deftones, Ohms, Idols, Ultramono, Merciless, he's listened to The Mother of All Plagues and Pathetic Divinity, Cataclysm, um, Cadaver, he's gone Napalm, Death, Web, Samurai, a couple of albums from The Sound, and the Comsat Angels. Interesting. Gareth Pugh, he's got Armoured Saints' new album. He's reviewing it for Razor's Edge, Six Feet Under, Decomposed, again, uh, um, sorry, for Six Feet Under, Nightmares of the Decomposed, <laughs> again, a Razor's Edge, Death Angel, The Evil Decide, Solitary, Truth Beyond the Lies, Incinery, Falling Into the Sky, single, Heathen Empire of the Blind, and the Sodom and Gomorrah track that we had earlier. And, of course, he's in the Black Sabbath daily. Yes, indeed. Thanks for that, mate. Paul Hutchins, I'm on a bit of a rush binge. He's reading a book, Song by Song, by Alex uh, E. Body. This music I've listened to moving pictures through to Presto. Uh, so that's all the 80s stuff. That's good. Uh, following their hiatus announcement, I dipped into the Anathema catalogue with We're Here Because We're Here, uh, Weather Systems and The Optimist. Reviews for The Razor's Edge include Fish, uh, Troops of Doom, Roy Gallagher, he's been listening to, um, Trident, is it Utgard? Utgard. Uh, um, others include Lick, Triptychon, Dam- Damoise, Destroyed by Creation and the Blood of Titans. Guys, that's cool. That's brilliant. Uh, the Solitary, The Truth Behind the Lies, um, and Primordial Forest. Oh, is that? Oh, this is Asbjorn. Demorium in the Noctus, primordial forest. That's darker than night, that isn't it? There's a lot going on there. Dylan Jones, obviously, he's had to prove you wrong on from Prompt. Megadeth Greatest Hits, Ace Fraley, Fraley's Comet, and Motorhead, Kiss of Death. Nice one. Kiss of Death, sir. Is, that's, a, that's a good one, that. Um, they're all good. De- uh, Dean Hughes, Gamma Bomb, Untouchable Glory, Lars Rocket, Left the Dead, and Lazarus AD, The Onslaught. The Onslaught. Stuart Mansell, he said, this week has consisted of Ulva, Metallica, and Slayer. There's no surprise there. He loves a bit of synth pop, does uh, Stewie, so no surprise that he's, if it is the new Ulva album that's drenched in that synthy, poppy kind of stuff. He loves all that, so that's cool. Oh, I thought it was um, Slayer you were talking about, drenched in synth. <laughs> well, it well, where would Stewie go on the next round when uh, if, if Slayer gets through against Testament? He's going to be torn, isn't he? Metallic Slayer. There you go. Great. Now, if you want an eclectic mix, look no further than Mr. Pete D, Creator Endless Pain, a Tangerine Dream, um, Agent Steel, um, Crass, he's gone for Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, Crumb Suckers, Sore Throat, Unseen Terror, No For An Answer, and 808 State. Bit of everything for everyone in there. Crumbsuckers album, Life of Dreams. Going back to the tattoos earlier, Pete had a Crumbsuckers tattoo. Yeah, he did. And I think it was the Life of Dreams album cover. You've got Richard Oliver now, Beelzebub's Pantheon of the Nightside Gods. Daylight Dies, A Frail Beginning, A Frail Becoming. Napalm Death, new album, Throws of Joy in the Jaws of Defeatism. Onslaught, In Search of Sanity, Incantation upon the Throne of Apocalypse. Aryan transistors, oceans of slumber, winter and skeletal remains condemned to misery. Condemned to misery. Right. 
Thanks for that, mate. Lee Hammer Harris. Um, he talks about putting on Total Rock Radio because he's sick of his wife's radio choices and he said it wasn't much better. The best thing I heard was a bit of carcass. Uh, a lot of it was unfulfilling, though, and the DJ quality is well down on where we were 20 years ago, which is the same. One of them sounded like the reincarnation of Jimmy, Sam of, uh, Jimmy Somerville. Jimmy Savile. Scary. That is scary. scary. Let's move on. So, um, yeah, been listening to a lot of Hazard. This is Luke Alexander Hutchinson. Hazard, uh, a fantastic thrash band. The drummer is actually the vocalist, which gives an interesting twist. Cool. Drumming and thrashing away on the, the drums and singing. Cool. That's hard work, isn't it? Well worth checking out both their albums if you haven't already. Uh, Graham Meldrum. This is uh, this this looks like a, a hardcore all dayer. <clears throat> Uh, Ten-yard fight, committed floor punch in my eyes. The first steps, battery better than a thousand. Youth of today, gorilla biscuits, token entry, bold chain of strength, turning point, uh, far from breaking. Diehard youth and good clean fun on the fresh front. Metallica, Anthrax, Violator, Bonded by Blood, SSS, Iron Reagan, and Holy Terror. Oh, that's a heavy old day, isn't it? That's a heavy old day in that gaff. Tim Finch, I've had Earth Tone 9's Art Tangent on heavy rotation as it's turned 20 on Friday. Can you believe that? Yeah. Still one of my favourite underground British metal albums of all time. He's had the new Anal Nathrak, the new Armoured Saint, the new Deftones, new Raging Speedhorn, Clutch Blast Tyrant, 13 Sign the Ashes of a Treacherous Silence, and for the podcast, Damnation Versus Episode 8, which is Luke Bell, Machine Head's tour manager. And, of course, the TTMAO TFC episode 42. Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you very much, Tim. And I've just um, – oh, no, here we go. Sorry, I cocked up a little – and here we are. I'm back in the room. Um, sorry, I'm just going to like that from Tim because I like to like them as we go down. Uh, Alvaro Castro Gomez, latest r- Raven, Napalm Death, Mastodon, uh, Neocrot, and Marilyn Manson. Like always, I stick to the oldies, move Roxy Music, Sabbath, uh, Zeppelin, or Audience, and some great rock from my country, Spain. Ro- R- Rosondo, almost every day. Rosendo. Okay. Rosendo. Rosa, Rosa. I like a bit of Rosé. That's all right. John Beavis, Overkill, Wings of War, Metallica, Hardwired, Prong, Zero Days, and Empire of the Blind from Heathen. Oh, that's straight down the middle. That's some good thrash metal right there. Um, Torbjorn Mathiason. Oh, God, what's this? Necromantheon, Definity of Death, Macabre, Murder, Metal, and Violence, Eternal Nightmare. Neil Bolton, Lard, The Last Temptation of Reed, and The Dead South, Good Company. Uh, so thanks for that, mate. Ian Broomhead, currently listening to the new uh, Ward. What's that? That's got to be 19 album, Metamorphosis. Also the new Oceans of Slumber album. Then I've been going through the Skindred back catalogue, Union Black, Babylon, Roots, Rock, Riot. Other CDs I've listened to include Gojira, Magma and City Alien. Did you just play Rob? Yeah, well, I put it on and I, I quickly put the uh, volume down because it's a Spotify. I think it's Spotify, isn't it? His, his playlist that it plays and he's got, what's he got there? He's got Jane's Addiction, he's got Chariot, Dumby's Rusty Nuts, Six Feet Under, bit of Motorhead, bit of Love Hate, bit of Crazy Head, um, TRC. I tell you what, that Chariot one, that was on a video compilation, a Kerrang video compilation. Warriors! Warriors! Live at the marquee, brilliant. 
Um, so thanks for that, mate. Uh, Ronnie Elizabeth Wilson, been listening to Testament already in anticipation for their matchup with Slayer. So you have read our minds, Ronnie, and you will got your wish. I want to give them a fair look. Well, get listening, buddy, because you are going to need them. Then we've got Paco Aiter again. Septic Flesh, the Inferno Symphonica. I was at that concert in February last year. Oh, nice. Um, Rich Tricky Hudson. Okay, the Reverend Horton Heat. Lucky Seven. Frank Zappa, a ship arriving too late to save a drowning witch. Uh, London Wainwright the third. Here comes the Chompers. Morbid Angel, Covenant, Overkill Years of Decay, Public Enemy, What You Gonna Do When the Grid Goes Down, and Carla Brunei. Come see the Renatati. Beautiful, beautiful. Ah, Jabella. Jamie Kingborn, catching up on the TTMAO TFC podcast. Very happy to Thank find you, out on the internet a couple of weeks ago as he's been listening to Empire of the Blind, Reign of Fury, Death Be My Thy Shepherd. Uh, it was in the Omnium, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Svalbard, it's hard to have hope. Svalbard, when I die, will I get better? He's had Mind Wars, the fourth turning, Gamma Ball. Uh, Gamma Bomb, even. Uh, the new Napalm Death, Throws of Joy. And he's had Ronnie's T90 mix on Acid Rain, The Age of Entitlement, and Faith No More, album of the year. Uh, thanks for that, John Weeks. Uh, Napalm Death, The Berserker. Oh, Jake Weeks, he, he loves a bit of grindcore. Do you remember The Berserker? They were a right old, uh, not so much grindcore, but a real heavy death death band, The Berserker. Just ridiculously heavy. I don't really remember them, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, John Lander, he's gone for Nuclear Assault, Bathory, and I'm going to say, because I recognise the the, um, the name of the band, but is it X or E-X-E? I'm, I'm going to say X, and it's... Uh, okay. Yeah. That's thank fair you, enough. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, John. Keep listening. Cy uh, Cobb, not had much time to listen to this week. Been all over the place. Cy, you, if you stopped now and we listened to one a day, we still wouldn't catch you up, mate. So you have, you, you've got a, uh, you've got a sick note today. That's fine. And you take your time. You come back when you're ready, mate. Yeah. Frank Holby, Plague Years, Circle of Darkness, Hex, Entangled in Sin, Selenum, the New Genocide, Bitterness, Dead World Order, and lots of old school thrash metal. Okay, so let me just like that one, and I'm going to need your help with this one. Stuart Jardine, is that Strangoli? Strigoi. Strigoi. Abandon All Faith. Great album. Yawning Man, um, Macedonian Lines. Is that Manson? Mansion? Mansion, I think. We We Shall Live. An infernal majesty, none shall defy. That sounds a bit, bit heavy. So we've got John Wick. He's been listening to The Young Girl. Yeah. Kerry, Kerry Fungal. Sabbath, Dreamweaver, Onslaught, The Force, Humanoia from Acid Rain, Ignorance, Sacred Reich, Black Evil, or The Reich, Black Evil, Forever Baptized in Eternal Fire. Wow, that wow. sounds a, Well, it sounds good, then. Great new Black and Thrash album out this week. Turn Back Trilobite from Sacri- uh, Sacrilege and Moving Pictures, Rush. Fantastic. That's the one with Red Barchetta on it, which is a banger. Um, Kevin Adamson, which is the last one. Uh, we got Heathen, Victim of Deception, Opeth Still Life, Heathen Emperor of the Blind, Overkill Wings of War, Chrysinthia Worldwide Negative and Slayer Divine Invitation that had a birthday just recently. So thank you for 
all of those, and we got to pick one, mate. We have got to pick one, yeah. What are you going for? I've already decided. You have, have you? What are you going for, then? I am going, just because if anyone wants to join me, it's completely free, and I'm going to listen to it anyway, so it's uh, good that someone mentioned it. I think it was Chris Gambold that mentioned it. I'm going to listen to the new Deftones album called Ohms, and if you go onto the BBC Sounds website and go onto the um, Sunday Night Rock Show with Daniel P. Carter, he's got a greatest hits kind of thing and an interview with the band, and then he plays the album in full. Fair enough. So I'm going to listen to that and give that some judgment next week. What are you list? What are you going to choose? Well, there's loads that I'm probably going to get stuck into from people have said there that have made me think. Right, I'll have a bit of that. But the one that I'm going to do some homework on and actually try and um, I was thinking of a bit of Zappa, but I'm not going to go for that. That was um, he's on the classic rock album of the week club this week. Is he? Yeah. What, the album that Rich Tricky Hudson mentioned? I, I don't think it's that one, no. He's just someone that I really should know a lot more of. But I'm going to go for the New Fish album, and I can't oh. see it. Someone mentioned it. New Fish album. Paul Hutch mentioned it, didn't he? He reviewed That's it. Because he had done the review, hadn't he? I yeah. think he'd done a review. So, yeah. Weltschmerz. Uh, uh, so, staggeringly brilliant. Uh, sometimes you just need a little bit... Well, me personally, I need a, a little bit more than just... Um, all this thrash is great, but sometimes you need just something else as well. And uh, I'm, I'm sure a little bit of thrash, a uh, little bit of fish might be um, provide a nice little side, little side deviation from the heavy stuff. So that's cool. A little bit of fish on a Friday. What could be better? How biblical. Good stuff. What so, about you? Well, we have got six minutes, so I'm going to rush through it. I did my homework. That Krogal the Exterminator sharpened the you know, uh, Not really into it. Too black metal and a bit messy, so not really for me. On the other hand, the other bit of homework I had was Amon Amarth versus the world. Very, very pleasant. Enjoyed it a lot. I could see why I didn't really get into it at the time. Very death metal vocals kind of wash over the songs a little bit as far as just a little bit one-dimensional i think they've developed it a little bit now so um and uh they've thrown up another one i think the next one and i'll probably listen to that at some point as well because perfectly okay um i listened to a band called under the oath not too sure about those to be honest a little uh, little bit of work needs to be doing there and i've been listening to the new devil driver for razor's edge uh, I listened to the classic rock album of the week was Yes and an album called Drama, which isn't one of their more well-known ones, but had a couple of really good long songs on there, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Machine Messiah and Camera Eye, I think it was called. Uh, that wasn't bad. I also listened to... Um, I also caught caught up with, obviously, all the club stuff, including UK Thrashers and all the, all the singles that we've been listening to, and... The uh, H at home, I caught up the next day and a great, great conversation he had with H. Howard H. H. Smith had with Scott Holderby. And basically, they were talking and to get you through lockdown, they are very interested in doing a double headlining tour in this country. That would be great, wouldn't it? That would be Fan fucking tastic! So, please make that happen. What about you, mate? You have got precisely four minutes and five seconds. Anathema. 
after their recent announcement, uh, it sparked a bit of an anathema revival for me. They're a band that I listen to fairly regularly anyway, but um, sometimes there's just uh, something that sparks something that you just start listening to a band again for a while. And um, yeah, just uh, Weather Systems and We're Here Because We're Here. Two fantastic albums. I've been enjoying them. The Ocean, a German progressive post-metal band. They've just released their album. I reviewed it for Razor's Edge. Fan, Phanerozoic Part 2. Brilliant, brilliant album. Then my homework that I had, I had Manticora. So this was from what people are listening to and the album was called To Live, To Kill, To Live. And Manticora, this was John Wick who had been yeah. listening to it. I like the sound of it. Um, I knew nothing about them. I didn't know what they were going to be. I'm pleasantly surprised, really. Fairly um, uplifting, very well produced, thrashy, uh, power metal in places. Um, yeah, speed metal, thrash metal, just fairly, very well played, heavy metal heavy kind of thrashy stuff really uh, glad i picked it would i would i go down that route again possibly yeah okay. i mean it was not not really my thing that kind of quite uplifting uh, euphoric kind of epic vocal lines but it was still very well done and i can see why they you know why that kind of music is such a big deal um that no, was it was good kind of good feeling stuff and quite happily listening to it as I was driving around. And then the D'Andrade years from 2002, I had Isis, which was oceanic. And again, yeah, a band I know, but do not know it enough of. And glad I picked that. Um, Simon Griffiths, it was his choice in the mm -hmm. 2002. And yeah, it's just, as you'd expect, really a kind of heavy post-metal album to be. It's um, quite long, longish songs and shouty, screamy vocals, but screamy that are quite um, not, not death metal screamy or anything. And the, the, it's, it's progressive. It's, it's, it's heavy and it's very, very good. Awesome. Anything else? Any podcasts you've got? You've got, I'm sorry to rush. You've got about 90 seconds and uh, that includes final words as well, mate. Getting through the talking, talking bollocks with Craig and Lum at the moment from Eva. Okay. Yeah, enjoyed that, and just, just obviously all the all the uh, club stuff, really. Awesome, awesome. We'll have to share that um, Craig and Lum one because uh, I think that's got uh, a nice bit of relevance, and I haven't heard any of that yet, so I will catch up with that. Just want to say thanks to everybody that's listening, everyone that's participated. Really appreciate your input. Um, We've got a good week coming up. Obviously, we're going to be closing down ST, so we'll be talking about suicidal tendencies next week. And we've got another album for Thursday. And then we've obviously going to be doing this massive um, uh, vote for Thrash the Titans next week for the coming up for the next the next sort of, um, not round, but the next competition. So yeah. some good stuff. Yeah, thanks, everyone that's taken part and just commented and just keeps commenting. It just makes it all the worthwhile. So thank you. Right. You've got to give your final words now or forever hold your peace, mate. What does she say to itself in the mirror? Don't know. Hello, me. I don't get that. Hello, me. Oh, good. Yeah, no, that's, um, what was that rubbish SOD album that no one liked? Um, no, uh, I, my final words are going to be, to Paul Hutch and to Mrs. Hutch about the guy talking about the Tottenham back four. They play with the back three. What does that prick know? <laughs>